today is going to be super fun. We might jump all over the place. It might get super exciting. It might get a little messy. We are going to talk about who Jesus is, and we're also going to talk about who he is not. And we're going to talk about the Godhead and the Trinity and what Jesus's role looks like in that. We're also going to look at how we can possibly be a parent and parent like Jesus if we also go, but Jesus didn't have any children. He was never a father on this earth. We're going to debunk that a little bit. Uh, We're going to think outside the box here, and we are going to dive into scripture to get our answers because that is where the truth comes from, and that is the only place that we can truly get truth. And that's where we can see where the lies are too. Today's going to be awesome. I'm very excited to jump in with you guys. Hey, you're listening to the Treehouse Storyteller. Meet me in the Treehouse for God-shaped storytelling. Treehouse Storyteller is where we can come together as messy parents seeking Jesus together and raising kids to love him too. If you aren't scared of addressing cultural issues head on and finding a deeper understanding of the biblical worldview to share with your children, then you've come to the right place. I'm not afraid to be transparent and tell all of the juicy details. Our children are being chased by the world and it is our job to be well-equipped and know not only how to lead our flock, but successfully send our arrows out into the world one day to build the kingdom. So snuggle up by the fire or soak up the sunshine with those earbuds in and meet me in the treehouse for some biblical storytelling. Hey, welcome back to the treehouse. Guys, today's gonna be awesome. So let's dive in and first and foremost, because I believe we cannot function without knowing our identity in Christ. Let's first look at who Jesus is. And we can't look from the world's perspective. We cannot say, hey world, who do you say Jesus is? Because that's silly. The world doesn't know. We have to look at the word. We have to meditate on it. We have to pray through it. And we have to rely on the Holy Spirit working in our lives. And we're going to look at what that looks like today. First off, we're going to look at some scriptures. Who does the Bible say Jesus is? So John 1, 1, well-known verse, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So I've, I've talked about this uh, in episodes past. I know I have, I bring this verse up a lot. It's a very common verse. Um, But what this verse tells us about who Jesus is, is that he has always been. He's always, always, always been. And it also tells us that the word, God's word, the Bible that we can hold in our hands is in essence, Jesus also. (laughs) It is also God. Uh, So this is just a, it's even, I feel like the, the Bible is that the fulfilling of part of the Trinity, if you look at it that way. Because if the Word is God, and the Word was God, and the Word has always been, then that means the Bible is as holy as God and as a piece of the Trinity. So if we see it from that lens, let's start from square one, acknowledging that the Bible is God-breathed, and the Bible cannot have fault. 
Now, can it have some hiccups in translation where we kind of have to go on a word study to like really understand the initial context? Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. But as a whole, as the backbones of how we are saved, how we are not saved, what sin looks like, what holiness and righteousness, what walking with the Lord looks like, what, what surrendering our life looks like, 100% of God's word is God-breathed. And it's always been. Because in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So that's John 1, 1. Read it in your Bible. Study that. Come back if you find a different, different take on John 1, 1. I'd love to hear it. But, but the Bible first. If we don't believe that first, nothing else that I say ever matters. We've got to believe that first. Okay, so then a little further in John 1, John 1, 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So this is referring to Jesus coming down on earth and being with us. This is what is so beautiful because we see the manifestation of the word becoming flesh in a human form, Jesus. And the world got to see the word in full appearance. And so Jesus could just walk on earth and be one with what the scriptures tell us because he is in fact the word. Okay, so the Trinity, this is one of those topics that is hard to understand for either new believers or small children, but it can be made simple. There's a, there's a couple of illustrations that have been really easy to do. Um, one of them, I think of like three parts in one. Okay, how can it be all, how can the Godhead, if the Godhead is three in one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, how do we teach that? My daughter actually yesterday prompted this topic because we were in the mall getting a birthday gift. And guys, I don't go to the mall like ever, ever, but the specific gift had to be from the mall. So I am standing there waiting in line and Aaliyah comes up to me and she's dancing around my legs waiting patiently and she's almost five. And she says something like this. I don't remember exactly how she said it, but she's like, mommy, the Holy Spirit is Jesus. And there's two of them, but they're just one. And I was like, actually, there's three of them. But the fact that she was starting to like try and piece the Trinity together and make sense of like, okay, I know that they're like the same. And there's like this Godhead thing and that, you know, she's trying to like figure this out. And it's really, really awesome because I wouldn't have imagined that she was already processing a form of, you know, trying to piece together and process the Trinity in her heart and in her mind. So it's such a cool moment because I'm like, you are like ripe <laughs> and ready to just be taught what this looks like. And then that also reminds me to remind you guys, like, tell your three-year-olds what the Trinity is, because if they can wrap their head around that concept so early, they won't question it. 
I feel like adults have a harder time going like, wait, hold on. How can God be Jesus, but Jesus is referring to God and he has to pray to God. So how are they, how are they the same? That's like the adult mind in me. That's like, okay, if Jesus is on the Mount praying to the father, like, does he, why does he have to pray to the father? He's Jesus. Like he is the father. They're trying like, they're all in one, but it's the three parts. And it's, I think, given to us to understand our role and our identity the most. I don't think the Trinity exists for God's benefit as much as it exists for our benefit, because we can see what flesh in its purest form can look like. We can see what God's gift of life through Jesus looks like. We can see and be helped by the helper, the Holy Spirit. We can feel the presence of God on us. And I I really do think the Trinity is like the best gift. Guys, it is (laughs) when we accept Christ into our lives, we're experiencing the best BOGO of all time, like BOGO sale of all time. Like we have, we've accepted Christ and we don't realize sometimes, I, especially adults, don't realize sometimes that we have just gained the salvation of Christ, the love of the Father, and the help of the Holy Spirit. That's like a crazy BOGO sale. <laughs> we got three in one, guys. Three for the price of one. Okay. I know BOGO's buy one, get one. But anyway, I don't know what a three, three go. I don't know what that's called. Someone tell me what that's called. So not only do we just get the salvation through Jesus' death and resurrection, but we start to understand the love of the Father and why he gave Jesus, why he brought him down as the Son of God, who is fully man and fully God, as the Word tells us. But then we also, and I think a lot of a lot of believers can cut this off. We can go into what it looks like to be a cessationist. I grew up in a church where there were active cessationists in our church. A cessationist is someone that really believes that the works of the Holy Spirit are dead, that, that we cannot experience uh, healing. We can't experience the gifts of the Spirit. So like healing, uh, gift of prophecy, or basically all of your like funky gifts, like tongues, um, you know, touching, <laughs> laying on of hands, healing. They believe that that died with the last of the apostles. And I don't believe that. I believe that why would, if God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he was always and will be, then what in that character role, if we're developing a character called God, all of my writer friends out there, then that would go against his identity. If he was, he is, and he will always be, then how could we place something in the plot line that goes, oh, no, we're just going to kill that off after this person dies. We're just, we're just not going to explain it. We're just going to kill it off. That doesn't make sense to me. It makes a lot more sense to me that Jesus told us he would give us someone better. After He told his disciples, hey, I am leaving you, but don't worry. I'm giving you someone better. And he was referring to the helper, the Holy Spirit. I really do see that there is no way that Jesus would just leave us after the disciples, after the apostles, with nothing. 
that literally meant he's leaving us with nothing. I don't believe that. I believe we fully have the Trinity and we fully have the ability to operate out of the Holy Spirit. We have the ability to lay hands on and heal. We can pray over our children. We can see chains break. We can see walls fall just like Jericho. We can, we can have a gift of knowledge. We can prophesy if those are the gifts. And we, we've got early on season one, we've got, uh, we talk a lot about the gifts and I'll probably circle back and do that again. Cause I just, I love, love, love teaching about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I think it's so exciting. And I, I believe that if we pray for a certain gifting, that the Lord will reveal that to us and the Lord can give it to us. If it's something that we desire in our heart that glorifies him, it would only benefit him to be able to give that to us. Guys, I have been told in my early life in high school, I have been told by people I love and am close to that I'm not a good speaker. I've been told I'm not a good writer. And for years, I didn't write and I didn't really have a reason to speak. And the Lord revealed what a lie that was, that I just gave in to flesh and I gave in to other people's thoughts and other people's opinions of what God can or cannot do in my life. So let's pause right here. And if you have been ever told and claimed something over your life that is crippling or paralyzing you from doing something, I want you to lay that down today. And I want you to pray that God breaks that off of you. That is a chain that the enemy's lies have put around you. God told me to start a podcast. And let's see, when was this? January 2023. So last about a year ago. No, that's not true. 2022. Two years ago. God told me it was so clear. I had, I had never heard something so clear as that. And I think in the introduction message, I talk about how God told me and I was like, no, no, God, that's okay. I'm good. <laughs> and I had never responded to God in that way. I had never been challenged to go do something for him in his name quite like this. And I, I relate it to so many pastoral stories that I've heard where, where pre- preachers are saying, yeah, so I wanted to be a doctor or whatever it was. And, and God was like, no, you're going to be a pastor. And they're like, no, God. <laughs> and it's like Jonah and Nineveh, like, no, don't, don't send me there. I know what's there. I don't want to go there. And we're spending a lot of time running the other direction going, I'm going to do this instead. Cause I think this is what, what you really want me to do, God. I, th- I don't think over, you know, in that podcast world, like I don't know anything about hooking up a microphone. I don't know anything about sound. I can edit visual. I have honestly, hands down, if someone else has more, more Photoshop years in than me, I would love, love to chat with you. I started working in Photoshop in 1999. I've yet to meet someone. (laughs) I think my brother, my big, big brother, Josh, is the only other one that's been in Photoshop remote, like this, uh, roughly the same amount of time as me. But we were blessed to have Photoshop at my high school in my art and design program. 
So shout out to Mr. Andrea. He knew what was up. Okay, so anyways, but I, I had no skills, no skills in audio. Like, take me to a visual editing, anything. Yes, I will make it look beautiful. I'll perfect it. But audio, I don't know anything about sound. I don't know anything about... Um, see, I can't even like tell you what I don't know because I still don't really know it. I have found my way muscling through and like blindly editing all of these podcasts. And the Lord has somehow, because he is God, he has equipped me. But guys, I'm not skilled at this. I finally woke up. So that was uh, 2021. It took me a year. And then I went to a podcast conference. I think it was even like before that. I feel like I'm still off on my timeline. Either way, it was a really long time that God told me to start a podcast and he would not back down. And he kept saying it, kept saying it, kept saying it. And I wouldn't back down. And I kept going, no. I finally surrendered enough to go, okay, I'll buy the microphone. I'll get the equipment. Because of willpower, it took me like nine months to figure out how to properly set it up and properly use it and actually get sound to happen when I was in front of the microphone. Because I really, guys, it was bad. I didn't know what I was doing. And if you gave me a whole new setup, it'd probably take me nine months again because I've learned this one and I don't know if I have it in me to like just translate that to anything. So my point of all of this, guys, if you have someone in your life, parent, childhood friend, maybe it's someone still in your life. Maybe it is your spouse. Maybe it's your kids. Kids say rude things and they don't have a filter. It's kind of like a blessing and a curse, right? If you have someone in your life telling you, Hey, sweet daughter, you actually have giftings. You have giftings led by Jesus. You have a gifting to be a homeschool mom if that's what you want to be. If God is calling you there, I promise you he will equip you and he will bring people around you the second you tell other people you're homeschooling. He'll bring people that think you're a little crazy. He'll bring, I mean, he won't necessarily bring those, but you'll experience that. But he will bring support. He will bring people in your lives. If it is starting your own podcast, hey, I'm right here. Reach out. I'll extend my 10% of knowledge to you. (laughs) If it is writing a book, please reach out. I have tripped over that for so many years now. I feel like I do have a lot of knowledge there and can really help guide you and send you to the right people. So God, I just I pray over my listeners today. I pray that chains are broken. I pray that they're there's things that if they're mamas, they know they want to do something and they have a dream in their heart and they've got an aspiration to do something and maybe it's a flat out calling from you that they've been avoiding or ignoring or pushing aside. And Lord, I just pray that they see today, right now, in the power of your Holy Spirit over them, I just pray right now that you break them free of the doubts and the worry and the fear and the frustration and the unknowns. And you just launch them with your power and you show them how much that you have created them in your image and how much you will equip them. Woo, all right. It's getting getting hot in here. All right, so we also want to talk about 
a whole other side of Jesus. And you could say, okay, how can I learn about parenting from Jesus? If you're like, okay, what would Jesus do? Um, Hannah, Jesus wasn't really a dad. Like he's not, he didn't have kids. How does that look? All right, I'm going to debunk it. He didn't actually have physical, biological children on earth, even though you could even debate that because you're like, well, if God is the Trinity, then God the Father is the Father and we're all his creation. So, I mean, you could you could go that way, but I'm going to go a little more literal and look at what the Bible shows us about Jesus as a father figure. Okay, open up to John 17, if you have your Bible, 1714. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Jesus is talking in a prayer to God, the Father, and he is speaking about his disciples, okay? So I have given them, the disciples, your word, God, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you set me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. This, to me, I have read so many times, and it was like a big like facepalm moment when I read this last week and I have not gotten it out of my mind. God has just like put it on my heart permanently, like permanently. And the reason why God has shown this to me is that he's like, Hannah, this is parenting. I was like, whoa, (laughs) whoa, God, this is so awesome. Jesus is interceding and he is praying for his disciples, as if they were children. Look at it from this perspective. God, Jesus is praying to God, saying, God, like, I don't, I don't want, I know I'm leaving. I don't want them to leave. I want you to keep them here because they've got good work to do. You have a plan for them. We've equipped them. We've called them. They have a plan and a purpose on this earth in their flesh. Now, would it be better for them to be with the Father and just be taken up like Elijah And in heaven for all eternity. Yes, that is always better than earth. And our little pea brains cannot comprehend that one. We fear heaven. We fear death. We can't see how that is better. But it is. It is. It is. It is. It is. I'm I'm convincing myself too. But Jesus says, no, leave them here. Leave them here, please, God. But when you leave them here... Please, please protect them. Protect them from the evil one. God, guys, this is like a perfect picture of how we should parent and how we should pray over our children. So we could say the same thing. You can pray it with me. God, just please don't take my children yet. They have a purpose and not from a selfish point of view because I'll miss them. Because that's the easy prayer. But the prayer that, God, you have given them a purpose. Each of my three children, 
Elijah, Elsa, and Aaliyah. God, you've given them a plan. You've given them a purpose. You're raising them up. Lord, keep equipping them. Keep calling them. And don't take them yet. Keep them on this world, for they're not of the world, but they're in the world. So don't take them out yet. But while they're here, protect them from the evil one. Isn't that like the most perfect pray over your children prayer that Jesus shows us with his heart to the disciples? I just love it. I just love it, love it, love it. It's so beautiful. It's it's actually uh, assumed to be days before he is crucified. So he is like on his last time, last bits of time on earth, he is praying this. And, you know, not that he doesn't actually go on a deathbed, but like those kinds of thoughts, that's his mindset here of like, I'm approached, I'm not going to be here. So God, like, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to take over. You've got to do this. So don't take them out of this world. Instead, protect them from the evil one. And then he, you know, he commissions them. He sends them out. He says, hey, this is your job. You've got to go spread the good news. Take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And since we know the disciples didn't cross into America, as far as I know, I mean, maybe it just wasn't written in here, (laughs) but we know they couldn't have possibly actually gone to all the ends of the earth. We've got to pick that up. And that's our job now to pick that up and pass that on to our kids so that they can pick that up. What a cool image of Jesus and parenting. Let's look at another side of his identity. He is always interceding for us. And I see that as parenting, as a, especially as a mother. I feel like it's very easy as a mother to be an interceder. And that shows us the heart of Christ because he is constantly interceding on our behalf, just as we as mothers are interceding for our children. And we've got to we've got to get real good at that because the world wants, just like sin wants to divide, make a wall between man and God. I believe the world right now, our culture wants to put a wall between parents and children because it knows that if a parent truly parents their child and is truly pursuing them with truth and truly giving them God's word and discipling them. I was talking about parents are disciplers. We have to disciple our our children. We're not just parenting. We are discipling. We have to stand firm and bold in what we are teaching them. And our yeses need to mean yes and our noes mean to Our yeses need to mean yes, and our no's need to mean no. And not just for the principle of being this commanding officer in our, our home, but from the standpoint of standing on the word of God. And is this holy? Is this righteous? Is this leading us down a path towards Jesus, or is this leading us astray? So that is within our homes. That's with whatever education system your home has. I am extremely, extremely going to preach pro-homeschool. Am I going to condemn my public schoolers? No. 
I'm not in your household. I don't have the same convictions as you. You don't have the same convictions as me, but I'm going to really, really push everyone to find that family time. However, that looks in your household where you are able to disciple your kids, where you are able to spend time with them in the word, where you're able to give them truth and wash over them with the word. Friends, what this really comes down to is asking ourselves, are we creating a culture in our homes that agree with the way that Jesus lives and agree with biblical message? And we didn't even talk about what Jesus is not. I think it's most important to know who he is and why we need him. And that is because he is the savior. There's a whole controversial in the Christian world right now. I don't know if you guys have been following along, but after the Super Bowl, a lot of hype came up with the He Gets Us campaign. We saw it last year too. Uh, The whole He Gets Us campaign does not reveal fully who Jesus is to the masses that saw those commercials. And I'm, I'm going to definitely agree with a lot of people that I look up to that spoke on this topic that I am not going to condemn or insult people that have spent billions of dollars on a Super Bowl commercial. But I also am going to say that he is so much more than what that commercial shows. And if anything, that that commercial cuts off the best qualities of Jesus. Now, was he tempted? Does he get us in flesh? Sure. Sure. I'll give them that. He was in flesh. He came down. He was tempted. He knows what sin looks like. He knows what we face on earth. He knows the hardships, the exhaustion, everything that our flesh has had. Pain. If anything, we need to know, do we get him? Because he is the great I am and he is our savior. And if we don't have him, there is no other way to the father without Jesus. And that is the message that our kids need to hear. And they need to hear it from us. There is no other way. The Bible says that he is the way. There's no other way. So guys, I hope you're living that out today. And I'm excited. I'm going to the National Religious Broadcasters next week, super soon. We have a lot of awesome people that I'm going to be interviewing with. I cannot wait to share those new episodes with you soon. Guys, God bless. Wait, before you go, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and follow us on Facebook or Instagram at the Treehouse Storyteller so we can stay connected. Head on over to thetreehousestoryteller.com for more products, artwork, photography, and encouragement. See you next time.